This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Michael Jackson coming through there, the icon, uh, with the song Heal the World. And that is how then we usher you into the last stretch of the Power Zone right here on Power 98.7 with good, with Dumi Kutumela. Hey, tongue twister, Dumi. <laughs> with Dumi Kutumela, who comes through this morning as a transformation catalyst and an author, uh, someone that is really into this space and will just help us uh, go into uh, really issues of raising awareness around a sexual assault. So we close the show off uh, between now 2 o'clock and 2.30 uh, with Dumi. Dumi coming through on a sexual assault awareness conversation uh, this morning. I told you and made that disclaimer earlier on as the show was starting uh, that uh, really this is a safe space if you are going to get triggered we apologize uh, in advance uh, where this conversation is concerned because really uh, the country has seen an increase in rape cases and on the show this morning we look at how parents can try uh, to protect their children here. We also look at the importance right of listening to the young ones, uh, respecting the children's boundaries here, uh, like not forcing the children uh, to like adults or whoever you bring into uh, your life not to force them to hug a certain people or just trying to understand how they feel and really giving them an ear and attention when they feel uncomfortable around certain people like uncles and uh, their likes just read uh, into your child in a way that your child will be protected here so we're raising awareness as we go into the last stretch of the show also uh, looking at the fact that this is the beginning of the year uh, so most of the parents would urge you to position yourself in a way that you get the best out of your parenting as you go into uh, 20 we're on 0861-987-000 this morning. We go by at Power FM. There by X, I go by at Katlero Lorodi underscore. You're welcome to go there by X and be really behind the hashtag Power Zone this morning as we wrap up the show with Dumi. Dumi, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Patrick. Thank you so much for having me. You know, thank you very much for uh, giving us uh, your time. I mean, there's a lot uh, happening in the world, in our country as we speak right now. I started our conversation uh, with playing that song by Michael, Michael Jackson that says, Heal the World, because I feel like there's a lot of healing uh, that needs to be done here from uh, the young ones to our even our parents uh, that are dealing with a lot uh, that happened in their own lives. And we see that uh, moving from generation to generation how do we protect that young one uh, you know against issues of sexual assault or them just being victimized uh, because when you look at it uh, they, they, they tend to become powerless uh, in these kind of uh, incidents and scenarios you know Katlaka, I when I was listening to the song now before before we started um, talking I, I got this feeling of we we tend to sit back and think it's somebody else's responsibility, mm. right? And and we want to pass on the the role of teaching and bringing awareness to to the schools, to the teachers, to mm. the government, to everybody else. And we tend to very much forget that it starts here at home. Everything that we do with our children will always start at home. Mm. Um, and it's up to me to become the change that I want to see. It's up to me. It's up to you 
to work together to, to bring this healing that we so badly want and so badly need. Um, but jumping straight into into some of these things that I, I, I truly believe are a way to, to help. Yeah. There isn't a one-size-fits-all solution, mm. but, you know, um, with every awareness, there's hopefully something that somebody can take away that will help them. And and the first one that stands out is, is going back to, to the basics. I recall when my, my son started grade one, and they had this whole song where they were teaching them about my body and nobody should touch it. Um, and they were touching different parts of their body and emphasizing my body, not ours, mm-hmm. not your friend's body, not your parent's body, not your uncle's body. And I think that's where it starts, teaching them to know that their body belongs to them and nobody else is entitled to it. So that even when they get to a point where somebody starts to fiddle with their body, mm-hmm. be it a friend, be it a parent, be it an uncle, a teacher, they can already resonate with it being wrong. Some kids don't know that it's wrong, you know. Um, and moving from there, it's, yeah. are we as parents really creating safe spaces for our children to <sighs> even come and talk to us? Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you find a child who will go through something, but when they come home, um, you have not created an environment where they can have a dialogue with you, an environment where they can feel safe to say, this is what I am going through. And if they can't do that at home, where are we expecting them to do it? Yeah. Where are we expecting them to find a place that will make them feel mm. comfortable enough to say, I'm uncomfortable? Yeah. And, and here we're dealing with young ones, right? So that is something that we need to keep in mind, whereby they still need nurturing, they still need mm. protection, they still need guidance. So I love what you said, that my body and nobody can touch it, because from there, you're raising something in them, some sense of awareness in them to say that, listen, when something like this happened, you must know that it's something abnormal. And then then it moves to that, what you've mentioned around, do I then create a platform uh, for the young one to come back and say, mommy, I don't like how Malome touched me, you know, and, and you know, then we uh, basically uh, go into how do we then uh, go about it in helping you as a young one. But one of the things that tend to exist, especially in the past, in, you know, our fathers, our forefathers' generation, is that element of secrecy around some of these things where uh, then, you know, as parents, we don't know how to deal with these things uh, because we were not raised in a way that we talk, right? In a way that, uh, you know, you become vulnerable as a boy. Uh, you know, I think it would even be more believable uh, if you were a girl to come through and say, I was raped, than if a boy child comes through and say, I was raped. And then you look at them like, I, I don't understand what this one is talking about. So I think there is a need for education in that sense, whereby we conscientize parents in a way that we need to break away from how things used to be done in the past, uh, this element of secrecy around some of these things in a way that would assure the young one and ensure them that you are safe and this is a safe space for you, even against that malome, that neighbor that has impregnated you, would expose them uh, because we will not treat that as somewhat of a taboo in a way that many people, uh, many people have been getting away with it uh, because of the lack of accountability and it's not with us as parents oh yeah certainly um and we we are very quick to assume that the older they get um you know the 
the easier it is for them to even understand. I mean, I recall late last year running a GBV dialogue, and we got a question from a 19-year-old who asked the question, can a man be raped? Uh-huh. You know, so it, it goes to show what you're saying now, that they the, the, the norm is that it's a woman who would get raped. It's a girl child who would. And bringing that education back in to say, no, even you, the boy child, can be sexually assaulted and, and making them feel comfortable in, in understanding that. And, you know, the Abu Maluma situation is one that we all know, where you come to the family gathering mm. and you find that one child who really does not want to sit on Maluma's lap and we force the child, know that this is how we do things. Go say hi to Maluma. And the child is saying no. To a point where we start incentivizing it ourselves. No, go sit on Maluma. We'll give you a seat. What are we teaching the child? That in uncomfortable situations, it's okay to incentivize your uncomfortableness so that you can allow certain things to happen. You know, so we we really need to to look at ourselves and interrogate ourselves as parents to say, this safe space that we want, are we allowing it for our children? Are we really listening to what they are saying? Are we understanding um, their cry? We we tend to be very quick in wanting to to lash at them. You know, don't do this, don't go there. But we are also not taking the time to to listen to them and understand, or even to learn what they get exposed to out there. You know, we but we become parents that um, just want our children to not grow up like we did so much that we've actually left them to raise themselves. When we were growing up, there was no way my parents would not know what I'm watching on TV. Today, do we know what they are doing on their phones? Do we know who they are talking to? Do we know who they are exposed to? Do we know where they even go after school? Do we understand their routine or have we just left it to be the woke generation that we have stopped caring about? We think we're caring about them, but we we've really just let them be, and and it it, it it's very scary when you look at um, situations where I was reading an article about a 15 year old child who was at a tavern and was raped. Mm. Um, you know, and you ask the question: When that 15 year old was at a tavern, according to the parents, where was the child yeah. at that hour? And that person who works at the tavern probably even knows that this is a minor because it's it's within the community. But are you allowing it to proceed and why? You know, mm. so we, we've become that generation of parents and communities that have just left our children to figure it out on their own. And, and we need to regain that power. Mm. And also to me, how much of our actions as parents can tend to contribute to some of these issues, uh, especially when, you know, you would find that, I mean, I'm going through uh, this particular story. I have it in front of me. Kempton Park parents are sentenced for sexually abusing their own children. This is a case that played out earlier on in the, I think it was last week, if not last of last week, where we saw these parents then sentenced here uh, for abusing their th- three of their children here. Uh, it was an over 
three-year period. Uh, but also, one of the things that were, f- were flagged was uh, the idea of these parents having to perform sexual activities in front of their children. So, when you look at it as parents, as we go about our adulting life and doing our things, we need to then again also guard against how we do these things in front of the young ones, because that can also uh, contribute to them being victimized uh, in one way or another. When you're looking at our responsibilities here, we may not physically be the ones that are, you know, perpetrators in doing this deed to the child, but doing this deed in front of the child also can contribute to some of these, you know, issues that tend to play out. Hence, we're raising sexual, uh, you know, assault awareness. Definitely. I mean, we we grew up in a in a generation where you wouldn't even see certain affections around mm. our parents. Um, and we we see it a lot today. You know, it's we expect the children to navigate around us, and we we forget that we are the ones that could potentially be feeding the the sexual content to our children. Um, we're not saying affection between couples is wrong, but it's okay to go back and lock that bedroom door. Mm. It's okay to teach your child not to enter certain spaces. It's your house, yes, but it's, you should also keep in mind that this here house is also, uh, there's also little ones residing in it who, who are still very young and are still, you know, learning um, quite a lot. You should still be nurturing them in, in such a, a delicate way. And if we, we just flash because mm. we, we are the adults and nobody tells us, we, we really are bringing harm to them. You know, um, whether it's by showing, allowing them to walk into the bedroom with with, with um, a parent that's not fully closed or something like that, you are literally exposing that child to, in in the lack of a better term, pornography. You know, you are you are giving them access to it at home, and it may feel like it's not because it's my child, but it is you as a parent still exposing that sexual nature to a child, you know, and and we we should be going back to doing it, you know, even with the kids, especially where you've got different sex kids in the house. They, at a particular age, stop even letting them bath together. Mm. You know, at some point, mm. a boy child must know that just because this girl child is my sibling doesn't mean I should be in the same bath as them. You know, respecting those boundaries and creating those spaces also teaches them at home that, my sister's body is sacred. You know, my brother's body is sacred. And it's it's not, it's, it's a, it shouldn't be seen as okay to be flashing even from that age, you know, because we, they grow and they see it and it becomes a norm. And then the norm becomes the habit of what they do in their lives. Yeah, no, this is something that we need to really uh, by, try by all means to, uh, you know, be careful around uh, when the young ones are concerned because they're easily impressionable, they're easily inquisitive and curious. So we don't want them or we don't want to drive them into these spaces without us noticing that we're really uh, driving them into uh, these particular spaces. The education sector, uh, what can it do uh, here to me to also help in raising awareness? Is there enough done? 
in that life orientation subject in a way that we will go about in teaching the young ones that my body and nobody can touch it. And are we seeing them as well, just raising awareness around the young ones to say uh, there is a solution. If someone is abusing you, you can speak out and this person will get arrested. And then we instill this fear in them in a way that they wouldn't even consider doing uh, such activities because nowadays, I mean, we see these young ones, they grow up so quick, you know, the, uh, yeah, it's just one of those. They're already having sex at a young age. So, so how can we really in any way help to conscientize the young one uh, and, and instilling this in their day to day because they go to school every day? I work a lot with, with schools, um, mm. even though it's predominantly within the Tswani region. Mm. And is there enough being done? Personally, I, I think more can be done, mm. um, especially because we, we all receive messages differently. Um, there's somebody who will sit in that LO class and get it. There's somebody who will, who will hear it better when it's coming from an external party. You know, um, somebody will understand it better when it's um, in, a, in a practical way versus a more theoretical way of teaching children certain things. Um, and they, there's been schools that have that have reached out to our NPO to say, come and educate the the learners on on some of these things. You know, we don't we don't necessarily have everything and have all the knowledge to give them but when you bring in experts who work within certain fields um, it becomes easier for for the children to even have a place to run to because at times they feel at schools I can run to my teacher because my teacher is going to share with other teachers which is something they they constantly say to us Um, if I tell teacher uh, Sivanda teacher Sivanda is going to run and tell teacher Vanikak you know, and then we have a big problem mm-hmm. because now my I'm being exposed, mm-hmm. um, and this is across all age groups that we've worked with, where you find that they don't feel like they even have that level of um, sensitivity and, and and privacy from their teachers. Like I tell them, they will pass it on. So finding or creating, you know, networks within schools where children may feel a little bit safer to run to outside of their teachers is also um, a good thing to, to look at. Um, and I also urge, you know, most uh, organizations who work within this space to offer their services if possible, especially to schools that are not as fortunate as, you know, some of the schools that we see today. You know, there are some that really don't have those resources and, and come from really... Um, the backgrounds are not as uh, as well diverse as, 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 you know, your more suburban um, communities. So to go into those um, schools and, and bring in that education, I can tell you principals are open to it. Um, the, the district officers are open to it. As long as you're not messing with their mm. um, exams and you're not messing the with... timetable. So, <laughs> yeah, don't mess with that timetable, but they are also willing to give you a period if they have to, yeah. you know, they will give you these learners for the next hour and and they will sit in and they will listen to these. And you know, there's a lot that these kids say. Mm. I love what you said when you say they are very curious. Oh, they are very, very curious. So yeah. that curious mind needs to be fed to the right thing. Yes. If we don't do it, somebody else will feed them the wrong. 
Yeah, we should work to create safe spaces in each and every corner, at school, at home, everywhere else. Uh, and we should actually be the prime example of how then we should be those ones that the kids would run to uh, fast uh, to tell uh, that there's something that is wrong or uh, when they feel unsafe, you can then be uh, their safe space. Uh, Dumi, uh, thank you very much for giving us your time. How do we follow your work? Uh, you know, let's say there's a parent here that is like, Yo, I-, I didn't want to take mine on air i'd like to engage with Dumi and see how we can go about this how do we reach you um you can reach out to me on my socials it's Dumi Kutubela mm. um on on all the social platforms um and you can even give them my my email address mm. which is Dumi Kutubela at gmail.com so they can reach out either on socials or via email and i'll be happy to engage further All right. Dumi, thank you very much for starting the day with us. Enjoy the rest of uh, your day and really uh, continue doing what you're doing because I know very well that you're touching lives. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for also uh, being uh, the brightest uh, where uh, my father's daughter is concerned. Uh, We'll call you back so you can go into it at length. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Katlech. And thank you to the Power listeners. It's truly amazing to always engage with you guys. Awesome. Have a great day. Same to you. Thank you to Miku Tumela uh, coming through there as a transformation catalyst and an author of the book, uh, My Father's Daughter. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.